Oh, thank you for tuning in to the 298th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane. As always, I want to thank you all for tuning in, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or whichever podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via. Going to have a solo pod. Uh, first of all, I want to apologize to everyone who has not seen or heard from me the last couple of days. Uh, couldn't, you didn't really have anybody for the Sunday, Monday episode. Didn't end up falling through. And then my guest for, uh, the Tuesday, uh, what aired on, record on Tuesday, aired on Wednesday, uh, fell asleep. So I was kind of tired and I was just kind of like, okay, well, you know, uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a little solo pod, 15, 20 minutes, uh, talks about the NBA, talk about the NBA and what's going on with all of that. There will be another podcast this week. Sorry. And just, I just want to say all this to apologize for the jam schedule, right? Just to just apologize for how it's all discombobulated. Uh, the podcast tomorrow, I'm going to record it tomorrow. I'm going to release it tomorrow night. So Friday, as we're recording this, we're at 1 a.m. Eastern Time, as like I said, being recorded from Buffalo, New York. What's going to happen is I'm going to have Ben Karen on, host of the Sports Wilder podcast, and we are going to delve into another 20 for 20. If you guys haven't checked out uh, the last 20 for 20 we did, uh, check out episode 297 of Barbershop Sports Talk, and we delved into the most clutch athletes of the last 20 years. And now what we're going to do is we're going to dive into the most unclutch athletes of the last 20 years. So some feelings will be hurt, but I know Ben's going to bring the heat and I'm always interested to see what his list looks like. Uh, as I know he is when, uh, to see what my list looks like. Uh, but what we're going to do for this solo pod is like I said, talk about the NBA. First, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a clip, uh, coming up next after the break and that clip is going to be of something i said two years ago about kevin durant that i was wrong about so that's what everybody's gonna have to look forward to before we get to that i, I do want to say this as i always say first time listening to the podcast thank you subscribe and follow right now share the podcast with friends and family uh reddit threads facebook groups etc etc subscribe to the youtube channel just type in daryl lane and you will find it follow me on twitter at nitrine underscore lane i'll say it again at nitrine underscore lane and leave a five-star review on apple or itunes for some odd reason if you don't like my podcast then don't say anything because you know what your mama told you if you don't have anything nice to say don't say it at all and like i said cut up next out of the break on barbershop sports talk i'm going to play an old clip Two years ago. And this clip was during the Toronto Raptors Golden State Warriors game. And it was if I thought Kevin Durant could ever be the same. And I'll tell you, my take was wrong. So we're going to hear that take. Cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk.
Kevin Durant and uh, his Achilles injury. And I want to start talk about the magnitude of injuries like this and what they can have on a player's career. Uh, Kobe Bryant tore his Achilles, right? Kobe Bryant went from being a top five player in the NBA to being basically a scrub. A scrub after his Achilles injury. He went from being one of the best players in the NBA to being one of the worst players in the NBA. DeMarcus Cousins tore his Achilles. DeMarcus Cousins went from being one of the best centers in the NBA, playing 30-plus minutes a night, to now, <laughs> it's kind of an afterthought with the Warriors right now. Remember when uh, Derrick Rose tore his ACL? I know it's a different injury. Derrick Rose was never the same again. Remember Robert Griffin III, how good he was his rookie year, then Alodi Nada broke his leg? And then he continued to play. Played in the wild card game against Seattle Seahawks and his knee finally gave out. Robert Griffin III was never the same again. You see, when you have debilitating injuries, these major injuries, sports is finite. Sports has an end. Sports does not last forever. Your peak athletically does not last forever. And injuries, like an Achilles, like an ACL, like a PCL, Shorten your sport lifespan. And not only that, they shorten your sports lifespan in terms of how good you are. Because I don't really want to talk about whether the Warriors were right or wrong. Uh, I think the Warriors were wrong for what they did, but I'm going to get into silence with that and we can talk about that then and there. But here's what I want to talk about in terms of the totality of it with Kevin Durant. The Kevin Durant that we saw against the Los Angeles Clippers, that dropped 50 on Patrick Beverly, that averaged like 48 points per game during that series that he said, y'all know who I am, right? I'm Kevin Durant. The Kevin Durant that was shooting three-point shots in LeBron's face in the NBA Finals, a back-to-back -back Finals MVP. The Kevin Durant that we were saying, is he the best player in the NBA? That Kevin Durant died. He died on Monday. He died on Monday and around the second quarter when he tried to make a move and he fell and he grabbed his Achilles and he yelled, Ah, that is when the Kevin Durant we all knew and loved as basketball fans died. I don't know if Kevin Durant will ever uh, be an all-star again, if he'll ever swing points per game uh, again. He might be able to. Kevin Durant might be able to be a top 20 player. He might be able to average 20 points per game, make an all-star, be a credible, solid player, be a starter. But the days of Kevin Durant averaging 30 points per game, the days of us... Being like, is Kevin Durant better than Kawhi Leonard? Is Kevin Durant better than Giannis Antetokounmpo? Is Kevin Durant better than LeBron James? Those years, those times, those days are over. Kevin Durant will never again get to that level. And I'm on record saying that right now. He will never get to that level. He might be able to compensate. He'll still be a pretty good player in all likelihood. He might not fall off a cliff. But let's think about this. He's going to be out in all likelihood 8 to 12 months, basically the whole year. He's 30 right now. Then he'll be 31 coming into next year. It's going to take him a whole year to get his body back, right? To get used, to get, get used to pushing off, feeling confident, running, cutting, jumping. Okay, so let's go another year. Then he's 32, okay? Kevin Durant's full systems go, but now he's 32 and he's out of his prime. Huh. And he already had a debilitating injury. Not necessarily what you want. 
It's not what you want. I don't think, whether it be the Knicks, the Nets, uh, the Lakers, the Clippers, I don't think any of those teams should offer Kevin Durant a long-term deal. And people like Brian Windhorst and Chris Mannix have said that they will offer him a long-term deal. I think that's crazy, and I think it shows the desperateness of those franchises, particularly franchises like the the Knicks and the Nets who haven't had anything going on for years that just want to star in a name. That Kevin Durant that could average 30 is no more. By the time he gets back, he will be 32. By the time Kevin Durant was 32 anyway, we see this right now. LeBron James is 32, 33, and we're already seeing LeBron's age. And Kevin Durant was never, by most of our opinions, even close to being better than LeBron. And it's sad because we saw one of the greatest talents to ever play the game. We saw it just go poof. We saw it just go poof. And I remember this as a Lakers fan, as a Kobe Bryant fan. I remember... I was sitting at my house. I remember I was upstairs and sitting in my house, and I was watching. And ironically, funny enough, it was the Lakers versus the Warriors. It was the Dwight Howard season. And Mike D'Antoni ran Kobe Bryant into the ground. Ran him into the ground uh, with that frenetic pace they were playing. It was stupid. And this was the Lakers were battling to get the 8th, 7th seed, right? They greatly underachieved that year. And I remember Kobe tore his Achilles, ruptured his Achilles in the fourth quarter of that game. Then you see Kobe. Kobe shoots the free throws, right? Then he gets back in the locker room. You see Kobe, he's not really crying, but he's just kind of distraught. And he's like, man, there's no feeling. There's no feeling. And I'm thinking, damn, Kobe I knew and loved. Kobe that could score 81. Kobe that could be consistent force and be the best player on a championship team. That Kobe's gone. And what do you know? That Kobe never came back. Never came back. And it's deflating. And it's deflating and it's sad when you see great talents like that. But, but it's all part of sports. It's all part of sports. Now, cut him next. After the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, I'm going to talk to Silas Garrison. What he thinks about the injury. Who's to blame? You know, who was right? Who was wrong? What are Silas's thoughts of the NBA Finals? Cut him next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. And as you guys just heard that little bit of audio from two years ago, the day after, I believe I recorded it, actually, the morning after Kevin Durant tore his Achilles against the Toronto Raptors during the 2019 NBA Finals that the Toronto Raptors would end up winning. Clay Thompson tore his ACL as well, even though that has nothing to do with this, but uh, some people say uh, the Raptors won that because of injury, even though I disagree with that. But uh, he tore his Achilles, and I said the Kevin Durant we knew and loved was gone. I was wrong about that. I compared him to Derrick Rose, RG3, Kobe Bryant, DeMarcus Cousins. Maybe Kevin Durant's just a different animal. He's seven foot one monster that we've never seen. Derrick Rose, a game based off athleticism. Derrick Rose is a game based off athleticism. Robert Griffin III, a game based off athleticism. When you look at Derrick Rose, you think of 6'3 point guard, super fast, super twitchy, one of the best athletes we've ever seen at the position, probably the best athlete with him and Russell Westbrook. Towards his ACL. Completely different. Robert Griffin III, one of the best athletes we've ever seen. And certainly up to that point, one of the best athletes ever at the quarterback position, right? Different. Kobe Bryant, older in his career. DeMarcus Cousins, big, lumbering. So different, right? We're talking about two great athletes who need their athleticism. With Kobe, we're talking about an older athlete who's on his way out. Kobe Bryant was about 34, 35 at that time when he ruptured his Achilles. DeMarcus Cousins, 
I don't know how we did his rehab process. He was a little bit younger, but we know, you know, he can have a little bit of a screw loose. He's a little bit of a different type of guy. And he's also a bigger guy, not as athletic as Durant anyway. Maybe Kevin Durant's just the anomaly. He's just different. He's a unicorn. And guess what? He's a unicorn on the court. Seven foot one, it can shoot any shot. Three point range, mid range, can post up, can drive to the hoop. I want to set the stage for this. Kyrie Irving's out. James Harden's hurt was like one of ten. Well, he couldn't play any defense, couldn't move his feet. He was just out there just to be out there. He was a dude in the jersey. That's all he was. Like some of the fans who probably came to the Barclays Center in Brooklyn in New Jersey. That's all Harden was out there. The Bucks had won two straight games. Pivotal game five in Brooklyn. If Milwaukee wins this game six, close out game at home in Milwaukee. Smelling blood in the water. A shark smelling blood in the water and swimming in for the kill. You know what Kevin Durant does? Special. 16 of 23. Super efficient. 49 points. 17 rebounds, 10 assists, and played every single minute of the game. Every single minute of the game. I don't know what's more impressive. You decide. The 16 to 23, the 49 points, the 17 rebounds, the 10 assists, or the fact he played every single minute while doing it. Every single goddamn minute on that court. I said the Kevin Durant we knew and loved died. No, the Kevin Durant we knew and loved, he's still here. He didn't die. <laughs> it's like Jason. In the movies, in the scary movies, you kill Jason, Jason comes back five more, five years later, and he's still hunting the kids at Crystal Lake, right? Freddy Cougar, he's still in kids' dreams 40 years later. You can't stop KD. KD didn't die. KD was reborn. KD might be better than he's ever been. This is the best game of his career, and it's happening post-catastrophic injury at how old is he now? Like 32, 33 years old? I mean, he's not 33. 32? Special. It may be what I discounted. Medicine's getting better. I mean, look at Tom Brady. He's about like 43 years old. He's playing in the NFL and he's winning Super Bowls. He's one of the top seven quarterbacks in the league. LeBron James at 36 years old is still, some people were saying at the beginning of the year, he was the best player in the NBA. I still think he's a top five player in the NBA. Medicine's different. You know, the world's different. Uh, people are coming back from injuries better. You know, the doctors are better. People are rehabbing better. So I think all that goes into it when we look at, you know, if Kevin Durant could have ever come back. And then also, well, let's just look at the dude. How intrinsically motivated he is. Obviously, the doctors did a good job. He did a great job of rehabbing. Kevin Durant. And it's not only the fact, because I think people say too, and a friend was telling me this, about his athleticism. Kevin Durant was never a player that relied on athleticism. Well, I'll tell you this. He's moving around fine. He's moving around like you couldn't tell he tore his Achilles. So I think it's even beyond that. I think it has to do with the doctor. It has to do with him. Props to Kevin Durant. He proved me wrong. He proved a lot of people out there wrong. In the best of ways. He can still be a top five player. Last time we saw him, he was arguably the best player in the NBA. And guess what he is now? Arguably the best player in the NBA. Kevin Durant, 
I'm glad you're back, man. Now, coming up next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, I'm going to talk a little bit about two players who are very, very frustrating and why they have kind of plateaued in their games. Cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. with Barbershop Sports Talk and we still are continuing the solo podcast. Been a while since I did a solo pod, by the way. I think the last time I did a solo pod, last year's NBA postseason was going on, so it's like a kind of like a back-to-back anniversary, kind of like Drake, uh, but not really. So what I want to say now is this. Uh, we assume a lot of times in sports that players will just get better, Right? That you're, you're always going to keep growing and growing and growing. But I think what people fa- uh, fail to realize is that there's always a plateau. There's always a ceiling, right? You can start all the way from the bottom, but if you keep going up, you keep going up, you keep going up, you keep going up. Eventually, you hit the ceiling and you stop. Like when you grow, right? You're first born, right? You keep getting taller, like I said. You keep getting taller, but eventually you stop. You keep getting bigger. You keep getting bigger. You stop. You keep getting stronger. You keep getting stronger. You stop. There's always a limit. Oh, we assume people are going to get better. We always assume people are going to be better in middle school or peewee when they start playing at a really young age. High school, college, the pro. We always assume people are going to keep getting better and better and better. People plateau. People become stagnant. Now, why does it happen? Uh, I don't necessarily know. I mean, there's sports psychologists. There's a lot of reasons for why it might happen. I, I think sometimes it's there's a mental block on the player. Uh, work ethic, coaching, uh, you know, just your raw natural natural ability isn't great. Uh, functional movements at whatever skill you're trying to learn isn't great. You're just not naturally good at it. Uh, the way you consume information might not be great. There's a lot of reasons. But what I do want to say this is, well, what I do want to say is, eventually I think when we're looking at a player's development, I think we have to realize the player is what they are. Right, uh, your game is what your game is, and sometimes it's just a matter of maintaining that game, uh, or working within the realm of what you do, and just you know doing a little bit of uh, cleanup stuff, uh, getting getting good with the finite details of it, uh, of what you're good at. So if you're a guy who in the NBA is a eight point seven assist guy. You know, maybe you make sure that you're just uh, cut down your turnovers a little bit more because you had a high turnover, right? That's another way to get better, but it's not something that's super, super big. Like, you're not a guy who's going to start scoring 20 points per game, for example, but, you know, you're going to just be more efficient at being that pure point guard for the team. Or if, you know, you're a guy who is, uh, you know, just a three-point shooter. You're just a three-point shooter. You're just out there as a three-point shooter. Maybe you're just going to work on, uh, instead of just spotting up for threes, you're going to work on, okay... I got to be better when I'm moving off of picks or maybe picks to get open. Or also what I'm going to do is I'm going to be a screener so other guys can get open, right? Or I'm going to not only work from shooting corner threes, but I'm going to make sure I'm really good when I stay in a position to shoot threes at the top of the key. 
but I'm never going to be a guy who's picking up it off the dribble and shooting threes like Steph or, or you know, a, an elite defender, you know, stuff like that. But eventually your game is your game. And I think we can tell that at a very certain point, very few players, they then reach another level. Like, you, you kind of reaping. Like, you look at LeBron after 2011 in Dallas. Obviously, at that point, LeBron was a two-time MVP, arguably the best player in the NBA. LeBron repeaked, and he got better. That is, I don't think that happens a whole lot as much as people think. Uh, you know, Tom Brady kind of repeaked. Like, there's other acts. Like, I think sometimes, a lot of times, players are who they are. Like Lamar Jackson in the NFL. I think Lamar, for the most part, is who he is. While you look at a guy, my guy, Josh Allen for the Buffalo Bills, Josh got better. More room to grow. I just think his game allows him to grow. And sometimes that's too when you look at players. But two players in the NBA I want to look at specifically are Giannis Antetokounmpo and Ben Simmons. So first, I want to start with Ben Simmons. Non-threat offensively. He's never going to be a scorer. He's never going to be a guy in a playoff series that you can expect to get 20 points. If you think that, that he should get 20 points, you are wrong. Ben Simmons will always be the guy who can get you 12 points, is going to get you 8 to 9 assists, can get you 8 to 9 rebounds, and is going to play stellar defense and be great in the open court. He's never going to be a half-court player. He's never going to be a good free-throw shooter. He went 4-14 from the free-throw line today in a playoff game. 2-4 from the field. Not very aggressive at all. Not very aggressive at all. Not very aggressive at all. And that's your lead ball handler. Again, why? Ben Simmons seems like a little of a relaxed personality. I don't know if it's the coaching. They started its growth with Brett Brown and all that. I don't know what it is. But for some reason, that's just not something Ben's willing to do. So you need to accept. You need to accept who Ben Simmons is. And I know he's like 6'11". He has the athleticism. He's like a Magic Johnson, LeBron James hybrid. Can bring the ball up court and do all this stuff. But he's never going to be that guy. He And also, in, in fact, in turn... That means Ben Simmons will never be able to be the second best player on his championship team. Me and Scotty, their tiers are hierarchy uh, a couple months ago. I think I had been in my third tier. He's always a third tier. Maybe a fourth tier on a really good team. He's the Rajon Rondo for the Boston Celtics when they won in 2008. That's what he is. He's going to need his Pierce, his Garnett, his Ray Allen to win. That's just what it is. And then we go to Giannis. Giannis is almost a decade in the league. Giannis got drafted in, like, what, 2013? Not almost a decade, 2013, right? Multiple MVPs, all-star games. Been a fantastic player, fantastic. But Giannis, he still has no go-to offensive move. move and there's still no go-to offensive move. Chris Middleton is their best scorer. He's their closer. In the closing moments of the game, Chris Middleton's getting the ball, not Giannis. And Giannis is a two-time MVP. That's crazy. When the 2000 Lakers were doing their things, and Shaquille O'Neal was the best player in the NBA, and he wasn't getting the balls because Kobe Bryant was taking the damn shots. <laughs> like, come on now. Come on now. Like, to me, that's just unacceptable. It's unacceptable. But he hasn't gotten better. And I don't know if it's not that he hasn't worked on it. He doesn't have the confidence to show up. But, but that part of this game is not translating. Giannis isn't a great free throw shooter. He's not a great shooter from three. He's not a great shooter from mid-range. He's not good spotting up from any of those areas. He's not good shooting off the dribble from any of those areas. He's not a good post. He's not good low post scoring. Really? He's not really good you know, doing fadeaways and stuff like that in the post. 
Giannis's game is based off transition. It's based off athleticism. Based off putbacks. He's a Anthony Davis. He's not a LeBron James. He's not a guy who's going to get it from the perimeter. He's a second option, not a first option. And I know we look at Giannis and we're like, and, and, and Ben Simmons, that the potential so tantalizing. These guys are real freaks of nature. They're seven foot. They can dribble, pass, rebound, get to the rim at will. And why aren't they better? Why don't we see this improving? Why after year after year we keep talking about what they need to add in the offseason, then we come back and we're in the playoffs, and it's the same old song and dance. And then people are like, oh, they're going to get better. Well, you know what I'll say? Don't tell me. Show me. I see better than I hear. The only time you believe off of faith is when you're talking about religion. You don't do that when you're talking about basketball, when you're talking about sports. You need to see. You need to see to believe. You can't just be like, oh, I hope or if this person does that. Well, if, folks, I was LeBron James, I'd be rich and I'd be in the NBA. But that's not the case. If I was Denzel Washington, I'd be in L.A. right now trying to find a movie. But I'm not Denzel Washington. If Donald Trump won the election, he would still be president of the United States. No longer the president of the United States. If Barack Obama was allowed to run for a third term, he could have been president for a third term. But none of those things are based off of fact or reality. They're just saying, what if? Right? Could Ben Simmons get better at his shot? Yes. But it's not happening. Could Ben Simmons be a go-to perimeter offensive scorer? Yes. Could Giannis do that? Yes. It's not happening. At some point, you are who you are. And nothing's wrong with that. Every player has a limit, and every player reaches their potential. Dwight Howard never reached his potential. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, a guy I mentioned, never reached his potential. That was because of injury. Robert Griffin III. Robert Griffin III never reached his potential. Andrew Luck never reached his potential. I don't think Yasiel Puig ever reached his potential. There's tons of guys. You've probably, probably played out there in sports in high school and middle school, in college even if you play college sports, guys who did not reach their potential. Now, why didn't they? Like I said, lots of reasons. But at the end of the day, they didn't reach it. Eventually, you are who you are. Lastly, I do want to say this. We had two big choke jobs, the Philadelphia 76ers and the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz, and I'm recording this, it's now 1.30 a.m. East Coast time in Buffalo, New York. Just got done watching the Utah Jazz game. They lost to a Clippers team without Kawhi Leonard. That's shameful. That's embarrassing. Uh... The Jazz are frauds. They, you just can't do that. And even if they go to go on to win the series, you cannot do that on your home court. And then Philadelphia, they blow back-to-back multiple, like, like, like 15-point leads. Like, that's just insane. And I feel bad for Doc Rivers, folks. Doc Rivers might be part of the two biggest collapses the last two years. That's not good for your career, man. That is not good. And I hate looking at Doc like this and just being like, you know, Ben needs to do more. Joel needs to do more. Tobias Harris needs to do more. But eventually... Got to look at the coach. Got to look at the headman, especially when there's a pattern. You just have to. And that's all we have for this edition of Barbershop Sports Talk. I want to thank you guys all for tuning in. Again, like I said earlier on the pod, sorry 
if you were expecting a podcast, the last uh, two podcasts, because like I said, the Monday and Wednesday one I do, but uh, you guys are going to get two podcasts this week. Not the normal three, but you're going to get two. But I am sorry for not doing it on Monday and Wednesday. I'm going to be better about that. And um, if you can't get guests, then I guess we're going to start doing solo podcasts. That's just the way it's going to have to be, and that's just the way it's going to have to go. Uh, also, like I said, stay tuned, stay hip to the Friday podcast that I'm going to be recording tomorrow night with Ben Karen, host of Sports Wilder Podcast. We're going to do a 20 for 20, the top 20 most unclutch athletes of the past 20 years. A lot of guys who could be on there. Could it be Paul George, Playoff P? Hell, maybe Utah should be on there after this. Or maybe somebody on Philadelphia should be on here after this. LeBron James, he choked against Dallas in 2011. A lot of guys who've been considered unclutch in the history of sports, in the world of sports. Who will be on the list for me and Ben Karen? And that's all we have. Again, I want to thank you all for tuning into this episode, the 298th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.